Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about Child's Play from 1988, directed by Tom Holland, starring Katherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, Alex Vincent, and Brad Dourif. And I picked this because it's kind of a classic, and Chucky has become a well-known icon of horror. Uh, Child's Play is the movie with the doll Chucky, by the way, in case you don't know. Uh, And I had never seen this movie. Ashwin, I know you said that you thought maybe you had seen it in passing as a kid. Did it look familiar once you watched it? You know, surprisingly, I, I, I didn't remember any of the scenes, but yeah, it's like one of those movies I think I've seen in the background or like I was trying to watch while my like my brother had rented it and I was trying to like sneak around the corner and watch it. But yeah, actually sitting down and watching it, I, I, none of it felt familiar. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of surprised I didn't catch pieces of it as a kid either. This was a big deal when it came out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, if, you, if you look at how much money it made, I mean, it was, it was, it was like a blockbuster hit. Yeah, it was number one at the box office for a while. Right. Yeah. And and what what year did this come out? You said nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. So we were five. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little ahead of our time. And then it spawned a whole like franchise of, of films after it, right? Yeah. Oh, I meant to count how many, but I forgot. I feel like it's like seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, it, I feel like that's like a lot of like eighties, nineties horror films. Like it, it, the, the, those are all like series films, right? Yeah, for sure. So many, so many uh, yeah. sequels to like the Jason and Michael yeah. Myers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I wonder why that was like such a big thing with horror movies back then. Because I mean, today you have like the Saw series. Um, I, I, are there other like scary movies today that have like a, a long series like this? Well, The Conjuring kind of because it has like spinoffs. Oh. oh yeah, you're right. And, and aren't there and, like, like three Ouija movies? Yeah, Ouija, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, Cloverfield. Oh, yeah, Cloverfield. Uh, Well, quick synopsis before we keep going. Uh, A mother gives her son a doll for his birthday, only to find out that the doll is possessed by the soul of a serial killer. And we'll get more into the plot with uh, spoilers up ahead. But first, uh, subgenre tags. The creepy doll is definitely a subgenre of films. Right. And... Uh, yeah, and 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 I feel like it's interesting because I I feel like there there are a lot of films that do have dolls in them, but the only one I can think of is Annabelle. Do you, do you know of other ones? Yeah, so I looked up Puppet Master. There's a giant list, but I didn't recognize too many of them. Um, oh, one that I recognized from like Red Boxes. I remember the cover. I think it was called Dead Silent, with like oh. a um, ventriloquist dummy like with his finger to his lips, like, making that hush. Oh. Uh, yeah. Living Doll was an episode of Twilight Zone from 1963, which I've never seen. Nah, and then the Goosebumps book series when we were kids had uh, one called Night of the Living Dummy. Oh, well, yeah. I remember reading that one. Yeah. That was, that was a God, good series. God, I love those books. Actually, yeah. I was thinking when I was, like, researching this subgenre... You could probably go through the Goosebumps books and find like every subgenre of horror in those books. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, they kind of. How many? I mean, there were like what twenty, thirty books, or it probably went on way beyond that. Uh, I think they like revamped the series and did it 
I feel like there was like a round two, but I'm not totally sure. I would, yeah, yeah. there's got to be at least thirty of them. Yeah, yeah, and then and then there was like the the TV show too, right? Yeah, yeah, which I never saw. I think that was past. We were getting too old by then. Yeah, uh, yeah, we were getting too old, but you know, I think a year or two ago, I started watching some of the TV series, and it was actually pretty good, you know, for like the, the shorts, and it, it kind of captured everything that was great about the book and Arl Stein and all his great work. Nice. Um, but yeah, d- definitely uh, the the doll thing. Would you put like Tales of the Crypt in a uh, in spooky doll movies, or was that guy not really a doll? No, he wasn't a doll. I mean, he was literally a doll. I'm sure, that's how <laughs> yeah. it did that effect. But no, he was just like a demonic skeletal host. Yep. Um, yeah, that's th- true. That that'll come back in a little while. Actually, I've got a note on. Crypt Keeper. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, man. it's a... Oh, go ahead. Speaking of creepy dolls, I don't know if you have access to the internet right now, but my mom's sister, when they were kids, had a doll called Zack the Sack. Uh-huh. And if you have access to the internet, you should Google image Zack the Sack doll. Zack the Sack. Ooh, whimsy doll? Yeah. Oh wow, is that dog? <laughs> is is that doll like hanging itself or something? Oh no, that's its hair. <laughs> it's one of the weirdest looking things I've ever seen. It kind of looks like a homeless middle aged man. Yeah, and yeah. And oftentimes in the images, he's in like old timey pajamas. Right. Yeah. yeah. In, in the red red striped shirt. <laughs> yeah. Who who would want this doll? <laughs> I don't know, but she like loved it. Oh man! So, listeners, uh, hey, if you're not driving, Google image Zach the Sack. Yeah, <laughs> it's going for a good amount of money, actually, like forty, fifty bucks, or up to eighty bucks for the doll. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I'm sure it's become kind of a collector's item. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. Oh man, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I feel like you have two extremes. You got people who are scared of dolls, and then you have people buying dolls like this, which are just—I don't know how they aren't scary at all. Yeah. Um, but it's also a slasher movie. Yeah. And that, a supernatural kind of, movie. Yeah. I, I felt like, uh, you know, the 80s were really defined by the slasher films of uh, Friday the 13th and, like, Halloween. And I, th- I think this, like, felt, like, right at home in that, where it's, like, got a supernatural component, but at the heart it's kind of basically a slasher film, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think the creepy doll subgenre is kind of like a subgenre of like the theme of like possessed or haunted inanimate objects. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but you could even say like Oculus was like that, like the mirror oh, yeah. was possessed or something. Yeah. Um, um mo- mostly I feel like horror films like that do possessions or are, are, are usually people. Um, outside of like Chucky about the doll and, and like Night of the Living Dummy and, and Oculus, like have you seen any other like creative uh, things that get possessed? I guess houses, I guess haunted houses. Yeah, and then that becomes kind of the haunted house genre. Yeah, I'm thinking of oh man, so another Goosebumps book. Do you remember the one called Say Cheese and Die? Yeah, yeah. So the they camera. like took pictures with the camera, and then yeah. bad things would happen to whatever they took a picture of. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of yeah. like a, it's kind of like a cursed object. That's a little different. 
But. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I think this 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 is in that genre for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Slasher. Uh. Dolls. Things that are possessed. Um. Trying to think of any other genres. I mean, it's it's kind of like a thriller and suspense. Oh, you know what it reminded me of like a lot was uh, a lot of '80s uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger films, like Kindergarten Cop. Or <laughs> I did, did did you watch these? Or even like Terminator a little bit. Or lethal weapons, because you know it starts off with like a cop scene and everything, and uh, the good guy's like a cop, and there's kind of a cops and robbers aspect going on. The opening scene definitely reminded me of like '80s action movies. Yeah, uh, just because yeah, yeah, it exactly. starts out with a gunfight. Yeah, which is so many '80s movies like that was like the opening and ending. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, that is how it ends too. Yeah, man, yeah. guns, guns were huge in the '80s and '90s. I mean, yeah. they still are in movies, but... Yeah, but back uh, then, like, you didn't really need a plot. You just needed a, a few people with guns. Yeah. Die Hard came out the same year as this. Yeah, right. Uh, the, yeah. the original one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, anything else on subgenres? Uh, no, I, I I think you nailed it. I, I can't think of uh, yeah any, any other. I mean, it's, it's I, I think it definitely that those are the ones I captured. Right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so this director Tom Holland. Oh, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and look up this movie, uh huh. For the image under Tom Holland, they have the Tom Holland that played Spider Man in the newest movies. <laughs> oh, he he was in Spider Man. It knows it's two different Tom Hollands. Oh. So, but if you go on Rotten Tomatoes and look up this Tom Holland, they'll yeah. you'll see like a picture of a teenage boy. Oh, that's hilarious! Who's the <laughs> Tom Holland in, in Spider Man? Um, I don't know that he's been in that much else, but he's he's the new Spider Man now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that that young kid. His name is Tom Holland. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, uh, interesting. Yeah. But anyway, did you see any of the other movies this guy directed? Yeah, so I've seen Fright Nights, uh, which is like uh, it was also like an '80s film, right? But it looks like he also did a remake of it. But did did you see that one? Yeah, that was a good one. Fright Nights from 1985. It's a kind of a staple of a vampire movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, did that one come out before or after the one about was it the Lost Boys uh, that we watched? Yeah, good question. I feel like the Lost Boys was like 1986 or something. I'm not oh, sure okay. though. Yeah, yeah. So, so similar time frame, but yeah, for, for Fright Night was was it, did Fright Night have the same actor from this one that plays the cop? Yeah, the so Chris Randon plays a detective in Child's Play. He's one of the main characters, and he was the vampire from Fright Night. Oh, okay. So these guys have worked together a few times before, huh? Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, anything else of his? Have you seen? Um, I don't think so, but he did some Tales from the Crypt episodes, mm-hmm. uh, Langoliers, which was a Stephen King, I think that was a miniseries, yeah, yeah and then right. he also did Thinner from Stephen King, yeah. Tom Holland did, which yep. I've seen bits and pieces of, but I've never seen that one all the way through. What, is that like someone just gets like really thin or something? Yeah, it's some sort of curse that gets put on him and he just keeps getting thinner yeah if i remember correctly <laughs> that just sounds like the most bizarre plot <laughs> <I should laughs> yeah <add to> that. <laughs> it's from the 90s so 
Okay. It's in that period of time where nothing was good. <laughs> yeah, we can write it off for that. Uh, he also he was involved with a, a sequel to Psycho, which I, I didn't know there was a sequel to Psycho. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, I did see that. I wasn't aware of that either. Yeah, it must, must not be a very uh, notable sequel. Yeah, that's right. kind of one that just didn't need a sequel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is pretty, pretty um, done on the first one. Yeah. Speaking of the Crypt Keeper and Tales from the Crypt, mm-hmm. uh, the dude who designed and created Chucky, he also did the Crypt Keeper and Freddy Krueger's makeup. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, his name's Kevin Yeager. Okay. And he met Catherine Hicks, uh, who plays the mom in this movie. Yeah. Karen. Yeah. He met her on the set of Child's Play, and they have been married 28 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, Child's I saw a note that... Yeah, wow. That's a, a good for them. And yeah. so he, he does makeup and, and uh, art for... Uh, or the makeup work for, for these movies? Yeah, yeah, makeup and effects. And effects, oh, okay. I thought he, I thought the, the those were done actually surprisingly well on, on the doll in this one. Yeah, yeah Chucky so. looked good. Yeah. He looked yeah, really pretty good. convincing. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, good for them. Uh, yeah. Catherine Hicks, uh, I you know, I, I thought I recognized her, but I couldn't place her, and then reading up on her, she's she's the mom in Seventh Heaven, which, which you ever watched that show? Yeah, I used to watch that a lot. I feel like my sister liked it, who's a few years younger than me, so I would watch it with her. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I, I still love that show in college. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Jessica Biel's big break, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's where she got big. No, no one else seemed to go anywhere after that. I think Jessica Biel was like the only one that had much of a career afterwards. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the dude got caught up in some sort of sexual abuse yeah. or harassment scandal, right? Yeah, the dad who plays like the priest. Yeah. Oh, man. Who, who, did, who didn't see that coming, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that um, was unfortunate. Yeah, it was. Taints taint the whole series. Did, you recognize her from anything else? No, but I did. I I had the same experience as you. I was like, I know this woman, and I just could yeah. not place her until I IMD beat it. But I also feel like she looks like Elizabeth Shue. Um, who's Elizabeth Shue again? At least she did in this movie. Elizabeth Shue was in The Saint with Val Kilmer, and I think she was oh, in Leaving Las okay. Vegas with Nick Cage and Adventures in Babysitting, if you ever saw that movie as a kid. No, I didn't see that one. God, that's a good um, one. But I do remember the Saints, and yeah, she's a blonde. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, this one shot in Chicago. Oh yeah. How, do you recognize you anything? That? Um, a lot of the street names, and like they had like the seventy six diversity bus, and like downtown, and the the Wacker Drive. I guess I guess it takes place in the Lakeview neighborhood. Um, yeah. So the I, building they shot this well the building where they lived um mm-hmm. karen and her son andy that was like next door to where kelly and i lived oh no kidding yeah really oh my god yeah. that's awesome uh yeah, is cool. it, is it, and that's like a pretty iconic building maybe yeah i think it is it's pretty historic i think it might even be a landmark or something oh, okay okay wow yeah. that's awesome yeah, diversity uh, in pine grove yeah Yep, it, it's it, it reminded me a lot in that sense of the movie Henry because that, that was also a very Chicago setting. 
Yeah, Henry um, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. I feel like these movies make Chicago look, like, super grimy and, like, cold and, and just, like, awful. Like, yeah. Is, 80s is Chicago looked like a horrible place to be. Yeah. Was, is that is that intentional or, like, was Chicago in the 80s, like, actually a terrible place to be? You know, I think the 80s was a pretty gritty, crime-heavy time. And, like, at least when I was a kid and thought of big cities like that, I was terrified. Like, (laughs) the first time my family went to New York, I was confident we were going to get murdered. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was that crime was bad and that people's perception of these big cities was negative. Yeah. Yeah. That that is so weird that, that that was the case back then. Yeah. Um, cause, cause yeah, I feel like now if you saw a movie that took place in Chicago, it would just like completely different. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it wouldn't be like homeless people everywhere and like dark yeah. alleys and <laughs> yeah, it was just, I like, mean, I guess there still camp. are homeless people everywhere, but there are, yeah, there are. But like, but like both of those movies, like I feel like take place around winter time. So like, it's always like cold and like there's a lot of snow on the ground. And then, yeah, there are these like groups of like homeless people like hanging around uh around like like fires that they've built on the street or something yeah just uh it looks crazy and Candyman also was another one that uh was in chicago i believe like in the early 90s maybe yeah i think that was 1992 okay yeah we should watch that one we should i guess we yeah we should get around to watching that one yeah so but yeah chicago has been portrayed the best in in the horror genre so far yeah agreed um did you ever have a my dud my buddy doll uh, I didn't know. Did you? I did. Yeah. Um, so did this, it look like this? This one. It does look like Chucky. I guess maybe oh. mostly in the outfit. Uh oh yeah. I also have to look up a a, a picture of it. Um, yeah. It, and, and so it, uh, it was called. Where's what's it called? My buddy. My buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I read that they modeled Chucky after my buddy and Cabbage oh, Patch. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks exactly like my buddy. That, that's like a, a straight rip off the yeah the the, the overalls, the striped uh, shirt, the blue yep, eyes for sure. Yeah, that's got got my buddy written all over it. Yeah, I, I heard the Cabbage Patch reference, but uh, it's definitely I feel like it's more my buddy than Cabbage Patch. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Uh, and and part of part of like the uh, the, the inspiration for this movie was it, it sounds like they were trying to. Uh, have like some kind of commentary on how people or how kids were getting like kind of commercialized or how, how like mark they were being marketed to and these products were coming out and marketing specifically towards kids yeah I think the original script was meant to do that a bit more it's not really hit very hard in this movie mm-hmm. but I think that was the original intention it is crazy to think about how kids are marketed to cereals yeah. and just think of all the commercials from like Saturday morning cartoons trying to get you to buy stuff and you were a kid like yeah it's pretty horrible that, that's like a captive audience that you can convince to do uh, whatever you want them to do yeah it is it, it is pretty messed stuff <laughs> yeah it's awful yeah uh but that, 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 that's cool that there it, it's so like similar to like a doll that exists i'm surprised it wasn't like a lawsuit or something against uh, that because i mean it looks like a straight copy of that yeah i feel like I read somewhere that like my buddy never recovered after this movie, but it was one of those things just posted on IMDb, and that stuff's all posted by users, so I never know what to believe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. Yeah. What What happened to the my buddy? 
I think it just implied that like their business took a hit. Yeah, after this yeah. one. Well, this this seemed like it was a pretty uh, controversial film on the outset. Like a lot of people um, uh, were pushing back on this one. Yeah, there was a big uproar about how it might inspire violence in children. Which, yeah. why would you let your kids see this movie? Like, it was rated yeah. R. It's a horror yeah. movie. <laughs> Just yeah. don't let your kids see this movie. I know. I, I didn't understand how this one was different than like any other like slasher horror film. Like that, these movies aren't like made for kids. It's rated R. What yeah. It was yeah. Just just because it has a doll in it, people thought like it's inciting violence in children. Yeah, that that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that was that was confusing. Yeah. Uh, any other background on this movie? Um, you know the the the, the actor who plays the cop. Um, I, I he's I, I you know we mentioned he's in Fright Night. I guess he's also in Princess Bride. He was princess. He was the prince. Uh, what was the prince's name in that? Prince Humperdinck. Yeah, he's a pretty great. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. He he was yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah, I I, I liked him. He's he's, yeah. he's pretty good. He, yeah, I, I thought his fashion was kind of uh, funny in the beginning, but uh, yeah, he's he's, he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, this whole, whole thing kind of reminded me of. Are you familiar with like American Dolls today? Yes. And and those are like you know hundred some bucks or something or plus. You can get all these accessories, and I, I just feel like it's a very similar concept to, to to the doll situation back then with with these guys. Yeah, there's always some toy that people are like going crazy over and knocking people over and on Black Friday to get to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Beanie babies. Did, yeah. So, did did you want that doll when you were a kid? Were you like crazy about the the my buddy? Um, I don't remember. I just remember having it. I don't remember like asking for it or wanting it. I think I got it when I was pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't. It's it's tough to imagine like being a kid and like the one thing you really want is like a doll. Like there's so many things you can have, like toys you could play with, things you can you know make shit with. But it, instead of you're asking for a doll, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, well, a doll talked and it had like an accompanying accompanying cartoon. Yeah. On TV, I I could see that. That's true. The doll was part of like a series of yeah of, 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 of a whole franchise of products, and yeah. and those that, that was like some AI stuff back then. If like the dolls like. My name's Chucky and, and all this stuff. Like that, was, that was pretty advanced for the 80s, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Prince Humperdinck from The Princess <laughs> Bride. Yeah. Uh, so Andre the Giant, do you remember him from Princess Bride? Oh, uh, yeah. Who, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bear with me here. We're going on a journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is one of the very few people to eliminate themselves from a Royal Rumble in professional uh-huh. wrestling, which I okay. am not familiar with. Wait, you can uh, eliminate yourself from Royal Rumble? It's rare. Like, you would have to exit the ring of your own volition, I think. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So there's only, like, 10-ish people who have done that. And one of the other ones is Drew Carey. Oh, the the comedian? Yeah. The Cleveland, what? Ohio born comedian. <laughs> oh man. There is our Ohio connection. <laughs> wow. What a stretch. Yeah, <laughs> big time stretch. Yeah. That was That's that me. was the closest Ohio connection to this film you could find. <laughs> you know, I feel like there's probably a really obvious one that I missed. Yeah. I don't even know how I got here. I, I had like a last minute scramble today of like, oh I have no connection. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's that's impressive. I mean, I, I feel like we just learned about a lot about a bunch of things. So like, I didn't know Andre the Giant was in uh, the Royal Rumble. I didn't know Drew Carey was in that, and I didn't know those way you could self-eliminate. That's I just learned a lot. Just dropped a lot. Yeah, of I don't know if Drew Carey does like host the wrestling. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not familiar. Host yeah. the wrestling. <laughs> uh, he's yeah, he's like knows? the guy on the, on the microphone walking around, like taunting the guys. Yeah, maybe I could see that for sure. Yeah, I could see it. I could yeah. see it. That's <laughs> wow. Good find. That was good. Yeah. Oh, it's very sad. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, tell you what, man. I just feel like I heard something scuttling around, and Ooh. I'm gonna go check on that. So why don't we take a quick break? All right. Sounds good. Okay, we're back. Great. What, what was it? You know, I still don't know. I don't see any evidence of anything being here, but I do have this voodoo doll of myself, uh, uh-huh. and I noticed that it's missing. Oh, man. Did you tell everyone who walked in your door, like, where you keep the voodoo doll of yourself? <laughs> yeah, everybody knows it's- where I keep it, so it's weird <laughs> to see it's gone. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> who keeps a voodoo doll of themselves, like, lying around the house? Yeah, although, like, if somebody made one of you, I guess you would want to be in possession of it. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But maybe I would just, like, bury it. Well, no. Yeah, I think you would want to be in possession of it. Yeah. Where's the safest place in the house to store a voodoo doll, you think? A safe. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you find that one soon. Yeah, me too. I'm sure it's fine. Um, okay, so we'll get to that plot point in a moment, but I'm going to run through the plot here, and spoilers will abound. Uh, okay, you ready, buddy? Yeah. Let's rock it. So we start with that 80s gunfire chase scene that we talked about before. Um, you hear this, you see like one man chasing another, and he yells out, I got the strangler. and he's chasing after these dudes they're shooting guns back and forth and the strangler who is the man being chased he's got a buddy waiting for him in a getaway car and that buddy sees what's going on and he's like oh shit and he drives away (laughs) and so then the strangler's like you know I think the strangler just got shot at this point but is still running and he's like don't leave me Yeah. Um, so he's kind of panicking and he runs into this closed toy shop and mm-hmm. it's late at night, so there's nobody around. And the cop is then breaking into the toy shop, too, and they have, like, a cat-and-mouse game in the shop. And eventually the cop... You assume he's a cop. He's not in uniform. Yeah, he's um, in, like, a nice white white cable-knit sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is Prince Humperdinck at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he shoots him. And he dies, and as he's dying, he's like, I'm going to get you for this. I'm going to get you no matter what. And he collapses into a pile of dolls called good guy dolls. Um, And he grabs onto one as he's dying and says this weird chant. And 
this toy store has a skylight and through the skylight you see these like dark clouds forming and a storm brewing and lightning striking uh, yeah and then lightning strikes down on the store and the store explodes <laughs> it's yeah. like the classic storefront explosion scene where like the windows blow out yeah uh that, and that, that was a yeah, that was like a popular thing in '80s movies. I feel like the stores like blowing up and like the windows blowing out and everything. I feel like you could make a compilation of like a scene <laughs> that looked almost exactly like this in so many yeah. '80s action movies. Yeah, you could. <laughs> That'd be so. And many. of course, the cop gets like blown back, like yeah, goes flying through the air. Yeah, I, that's the great thing about store explosions is like they're not really painful or anything. They just push you out gently into the, into the yeah, street. Yeah, and you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. You just kind of you ride the wave, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just happening so much in the '80s that they just, they just kind of figured out how to how to survive them. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I thought it was funny. Uh, the guy's name was a strangler. It reminded me of like in the Office. Uh, they have the Scranton Strangler. And oh, I don't it, remember that one. Oh yeah, it's like a running joke throughout the Office. Like Toby gets to like go and like sit in in, in court for like the case of the Scranton Strangler. Just as like back backstory, that's what was going on, and and this guy's like full name I think was like they they referred to in the news later was like the Lakeshore Strangler. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just, it, it, interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the cop gets blown out of the store, gets up, goes back in, and finds the Strangler dead next to one of these good guy dolls, and they do a close up on the doll's face, and that's the end of that scene. And we cut to a little boy at home in his apartment watching the Good Guys cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an animated show, and they advertise their dolls like on the show. Uh, and it's clear that he really wants one. And we meet his mom. We go through a scene of him like really clumsily making his mom breakfast in bed. Yeah. Uh, Breakfast in bed was all the rage in like the 80s and 90s. It was like <laughs> a sweet thing you thought you could do for your parents. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> like who wants to sit up and eat breakfast in their uh, bed? I know. That seems so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather sit at the table? Uh, you know, I, I think this brings us to like, for me, like it was it was my first big scare in the movie was like watching the amount of sugar he was putting into that cereal or the amount of butter he was, he was developing. I, was, I just got really scared. Like someone's going to eat that and like die of a heart attack or something. I, I thought it was a really tense scene there. <laughs> that was the first death. death. Yeah, first big shocker of the movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so then it's revealed it's his birthday today. This little boy's name is Andy and his mom is Karen. And his mom says... She didn't find out he did. He wanted one of these dolls in time to save up for it. So he got some toys, but it wasn't it wasn't the good guy doll. Yeah, and, and like a pair of jeans, which he wasn't. Yeah, about. always a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you ever get okay, clothes so, for your birthday? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh man, I f- yeah, feel I like there were always certain people that that gave clothes, and you knew they were going to give you clothes. Yeah. You know, I've got a niece I, uh, I like to tease a lot, and sometimes to piss her off, I, I buy her clothes for for events. And, uh, <laughs> just because I know, like kids, kids will probably hate getting clothes. Yeah, builds character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so later on, uh, Karen's at work, and her friend comes and tells her her friend Maggie that there's a peddler outside selling one of these good guy dolls for 30 bucks and they're normally a hundred bucks. 
So she goes and buys it from this like really sketchy dude. Yeah. Uh, then she comes home and gives her son the doll. And it talks and turns its head and says like catchphrases like, we're friends until the end. And so all is well. And then Karen has to work later that night. And she lets her friend Maggie, or has her friend Maggie come over to watch Andy. And our first realization that the doll, something's up with the doll, is that night the news comes on and it's a report that the Lakeshore Strangler's partner, Eddie Caputo, has escaped from police custody. And so when that comes on, the doll like turns its head toward the TV. Um... Yeah, so this is, is the, the partner first. who like ditched the strangler at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then so Maggie's trying to get Andy to bed, and he says that Chucky wants to stay up and watch the news. And she puts him to bed, and I feel like there's a, a few scenes here where he's like, "Chucky says this, Chucky says that." Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because like, yeah. like Ch- Chucky's like whispering to the kid or something, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But but we, the audience, like, we, we can't hear it at all. Yeah, we don't see any evidence of that happening other than Chucky turning towards the TV. Yep. So Maggie puts Andy to bed, and she's doing the dishes, and all of a sudden the TV turns on, and she looks out in the living room, and Chucky's sitting in front of it. And then it's getting a little tense and creepy. Um, mm-hmm. We end up getting some, like, creepy sequence of Chucky scuttling around the apartment, and kind of stalking her while she's wondering what's going on. But but they don't show Chucky at all, right? Like, I mean, uh, as the viewer, like, you're assuming it's Chucky and, like, you're kind of seeing things from his perspective, but, like, still you're not seeing, like, a doll running around or anything, right? I can't remember if you see him. If you do see him, it's barely anything. It's mostly, like, you hear scuttling and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think but, that's what, what they did mostly. But then you see his hand grab a hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's in the kitchen. She is looking out the window at something and turns around and he hits her right between the eyes with the hammer and she falls out the closed window just shatters when she <laughs> yeah when her body weight goes on it yeah and she falls many stories to her death unrealistically yeah, yeah. um this i i feel like this was like a a, a huge theme in movies uh back then or or um you, you know the the single friend Who's the babysitter? Who's like kind of careless and like all relaxed and loosey goosey? Uh, is always like the first one to go, and this was kind of fitting with that that motif. Yeah, yeah, that's super true. Babysitters tend to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I I have a note here that says Chucky moves well and looks decent for 1988. So we must have seen mm-hmm. him a little bit in that sequence. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he does. He he looks good. I think maybe it was just maybe his movements when he was saying hi and like oh. just talking as he was actually a doll. Yeah, yeah, like the facial expressions I feel like were pretty cool for especially for the 80s, yeah. Yeah, cuz he's not just like saying we're friends until the end like his face moves. Yeah, it kind of um, contorts and everything. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. So Karen Andy's mom comes home and sees a bunch of ambulances and police cars outside her apartment and she rushes upstairs to make sure Andy's okay 
and she sees there's these cops all over the apartment and the detective pulls her aside. This is Detective Mike, a.k.a. Prince Humperdinck. (laughs) So he pulls her aside and tells her her friend is dead and he asks her about these tiny footprints that can be seen in the spilled sugar in the kitchen. Uh, And she gets kind of pissed off, like, what are you implying? Because he's kind of thinking, hey, I think your kid may have had something to do with this. Uh, And he figures out that the prints match the bottom of Andy's good guy's PJs, which Andy's wearing the exact same outfit Chucky's wearing, Mm -hmm. shoes and all. So so the cops become suspicious of Andy. Uh, And she's just outraged by this. She kicks everybody out, and which is... Super unrealistic. This was like the worst police <laughs> investigation scene ever. I know. They're just like kind of hanging out there and she's like, all right, everyone get out of here. And yeah. And then when she like, like tells right. them to get out, first of all, they wouldn't just get out because she said so. Yeah. And then they're all just like, whoa, some, somebody's well, got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but just lazy, like lazy cops. Hanging around. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, once they're all gone, you get some scenes between her and Andy, and he sticks to his story. And he says Chucky told him his real name uh, was Charles Lee Ray, and that he was sent down from heaven by Daddy to spend time with Andy. And he also says that Aunt Maggie, Chucky says Aunt Maggie was a bitch who got what she deserved. <laughs> <laughs> and Mom's like, or Mom, Karen's like blown away. Yeah, that her kid's saying this stuff, and she just puts in bed, and she's all shaken up. Yeah, she was pretty ready to like, uh, like, I mean, he, he used that word, which you know, obviously she wasn't uh, cool with. But um, then he's like, uh, "Mommy, you're, this is all because you know of what happened. Like, this is why you're stressed, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, that's why I'm stressed." And, and she kind of dropped it. I mean, I, I thought she would have like been upset, or, like grounded him for like talking like that. Yeah, yeah, she was like, oh, I'm just upset that Aunt Maggie died. Yeah, it has nothing to do with you calling her a bitch or anything. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, a lot of emotions going on here. Sure. Um, and then there was a good scene where he's in bed with Chucky, and he's like, why didn't you say anything, Chucky, or something like that? Or he's trying to yeah. talk to Chucky, and you're like, oh, okay, Chucky's going to talk. And Karen's outside the door listening, and you just see Chucky like look at the door and see her shadow there. And then just close his eyes. Like, okay, I can't say anything right now. Right. And up until this point, I think Chucky is kind of creepy. How? Do you, what are you feeling about Chucky at this point? Yeah, I mean, it, definitely like the, the the way he's portrayed, like you know, the the blue eyes and the facial expression. It it is pretty creepy. I, yeah. I think they did a good job of that. And and I think one of the uh, like effective things they did during the the murder of that of the babysitter. Uh, so I, I don't remember them actually showing Chucky that well and, and maybe like when he hits her with the hammer like they show him then or whatever but uh, when, when the sound you start to get used to during the movie is like when he's moving around it's like a very fast like pitter patter of his footsteps and that's that like starts to become like the way you know like that he's running around and I, I thought that's like a really effective audio way of creeping people out yeah for sure just hearing the scuttling yeah 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 right uh, yeah agreed Okay, let's see. Where were we here? Um, okay, so the next day... The end of the f- oh, go yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, it was, like, it was like the end of the first night of yeah. having Chucky. You've got, like, one person dead already. Yeah. Then going into the next day. So the next day, Andy 
brings Chucky to school and then you see him ditching school and it's clear throughout this scene that Chucky's like whispering instructions in his ear and they take the train and head to this bad neighborhood and they approach an old ramshackle house and you realize that this house is where his partner this is like his partner's hideout the partner who ditched him at the beginning of the movie uh, who we learned from the news recently escaped police custody and Andy steps away for a minute because he quote has to tinkle and when he comes back Chucky's gone and Chucky's gone inside the house so then you get a scene of Chucky like stalking Eddie in this house but Eddie's just kind of hearing things he doesn't know what's going on and you see a scene of Chucky opening the oven and turning out the pilot light but letting the gas run yeah and <laughs> here comes another unrealistic death and explosion <laughs> yeah um so it's a little tense here because outside you see Andy like getting closer and closer to the house calling for Chucky uh Eddie turns the corner into the kitchen and I don't know if he thinks he sees something or what but he just fires his gun at the oven <laughs> the house blows. and the whole house yeah. explodes big time yeah another classic 80s explosion yeah <laughs> like the walls like all like come in and everything it's, it's pretty elaborate yeah it's crazy um yeah so yeah this movie you, is you, a little you, it's a little accidentally hokey i think but um yeah it's not like oh brother but i yeah i, I think it's it's hokey uh like looking at it now but i think like back then like this is how like most of those 80s movies were especially those like action ones like this is like kind of they're, they're pulling the, the the same tricks all those other movies are pulling. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, this was number one at the box office. So yeah. I think people yeah. took it seriously. And it's not... I still, like, take it seriously for all the all the poking fun at it. And it, like, doesn't take itself 100% seriously, but... Um, sure. Its intention is to be scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel like it, it's, like, explosions like this and in that first scene where... It has like some of that action genre, '80s action genre, where they're trying to play to that audience a bit. Yeah. In there. Yeah. In the, in the gunfights in this, yeah. For sure. Um, and then, and then in this one, you don't know if like anything happened to Andy, right? No, you don't. Um, I think the next scene they cut to is mom. I keep just, I have it in my notes as mom. So I'm just calling her mom. <laughs> mother. So yeah, mother gets called yeah. to the police station. Uh. And so maybe there's a little while in there where you think something's happened to Andy. And, but realistically, we learn they found him at the scene of this exploded house. And the cops are really starting to think something's going on with Andy at this point and that it's him doing this. Um, and so he's telling this story about Chucky and Karen's in there and says, like, you need to tell the truth. If you don't tell the truth, they're going to take you away from me. Right. And he like grabs Chucky and starts shaking him and telling him to confess. And then there's a voice from behind a two-way mirror that says, "Miss Barkley, I think we've seen enough. I think it's best that Andy stay with us for a couple of days." Which seems unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> that would that he'd be like getting uh, evaluated. Yeah, by that a they would just like steal her kid. Yeah, I think you just need like a lawyer uh, first before you're in, put into a room like that. But then, yeah, I, I don't know, because he is kind of a murder suspect at this point, right? Yeah, I guess he is, but he's like six. 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he, sh- he should have had a legal counsel there. For sure. It, it is weird that they, they would just be like, well, we're going to ask him some questions, and now we're just taking him away. Um, and it's I think it's a doctor behind the two-way mirror who says that. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So now Karen's home alone with Chucky that night. And she's, like, freaking out, and she's, like, shaking him and trying to get him to talk. And then just starts laughing because she's realizing, like, oh, I'm crazy. This is a doll. And... She goes to move the box that he came in, just like tidying up the apartment, and batteries fall out of the box. Yeah. So then she like, gets, boom. yeah, she's like, what? And yeah. she gets really creeped yeah. out. She slowly approaches Chucky and picks him up and like turns him around to look at the batteries in his back. And this is a kind of a tense scene. I really like this scene, actually. Yeah. And yeah. she opens the flap and realizes there's no batteries. And just as she sees that, his head cranks around to look at her and says, I'm Chucky. Want to play? Yeah. Uh, and that was pretty <laughs> freaky, I thought. Yeah. No, that was well done. That was a pretty, pretty intense scene. And yeah, when, he, when his head turns and that's like what he says, it is pretty, yeah. pretty frightening. Yeah. That was a well done scene. Um, yeah. So. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because like we're now like I think about 40 minutes into the movie and like this is the first time we're actually seeing like him, like active and like talking. And I, I just thought that was like a pretty long while to wait to to build up to that. Yeah, but I liked that actually, cause yeah, I feel like uh, we'll get into it here shortly. But like Chucky then just becomes this serial killer's personality, and he's like cussing and being yeah. rude. And oh yeah, and that's when I kind of. It wouldn't be the movie it is if you changed that, but I kind of like the doll as like a silent, creepy thing, doing right. like yeah. creepy things every once in a while instead of just being like, "I'm gonna kill yeah. you!" Like, it, yeah, it takes away some of the scare factor. Yeah, cause I, I guess that's like where the movie. This is like where the movie flips from like a supernatural, like creepy doll that's, that's silent, and you like you you think it's doing stuff, but you can't see it. Uh, into like this like slasher guy where like a slasher doll that's yeah. gonna like be like crude and like chasing one so yeah I, I see that point yeah yeah it definitely switches to more of a yeah serial killer movie at this point yeah um so then she is creeped out but she grabs him and is like talk to me like say something cause she's like oh like Andy was right um and Let's see. She threatens to put him in the fire unless he talks. And then he freaks out, curses at her, like calls her a bitch or a slut or something, and bites her and runs out of the apartment and then out of the building. Mm -hmm. Uh, She goes to the station, the police station, to tell Humperdinck that um, she, like, catches him as he's leaving. And she's like, Andy's telling the truth. Like, I saw it, and he doesn't believe her, even though she shows him, like, her bite marks. And then she says she's going to trace it all back to the peddler. And he's like, oh, you can't go in that neighborhood this time of night. And he <laughs> follows her there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, long story short, they end up finding out that this peddler found the doll in a burnt-out toy store. And Humperdinck confesses that he was there. He was the one who killed Charles Lee Ray. Like, he was at that toy store. Um, and she's like, did he say anything before he died? And he said, the last thing he said was that he was going to 
kill me and his partner Caputo. And she's like, well, he's coming for you next. And then sure enough, on the way home, Chucky's in the back seat of the detective's car. And then they engage in yeah. a pretty ridiculous fight scene in the car. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. This is, I mean, like, it, it, they do this a few times where, like, uh, it's that thing where, like, the knife is, like, poking out through the car seat. And, uh, and, and like, you know, the, the guy's, like, avoiding it, like, trying to, like, you know, sit up and, like, uh, or, like, edge to the side. And, and I think that's, like, a pretty effective scare tactic. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's kind of tense. But, um, yeah. something about it struck me as a little bit silly, too. <laughs> what? Being, being in a car <laughs> driving around and a doll, like, trying to stab you for the next <laughs> Yeah. Seat. Well, and he, like, tries to stab him, like, a hundred times and misses. And like, yeah. they've got the knife like going real close to the guy's balls, and he's like, oh. uh, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that." Yeah. But with a different soundtrack, that could have gone a different way. Yeah. Anyway, he ends up crashing his car, um, and then Chucky's like scuttling about the wreckage, trying to kill him, and he's shooting at Chucky, and finally shoots him in the chests and Chucky scuttles away um and then you get a scene of Chucky paying a visit to his this like priest or shaman like voodoo guy uh who Mm -hmm. we've never seen before and he like kind of sneaks into his house and he's like asking him why is he getting hurt he's not supposed like he thinks he's supposed to be invincible and the shaman explains that, like, the longer he stays in this body, the more human he becomes. Which, yeah, I don't know how much sense that makes, but Chucky asks him how yeah. he can get out of the doll's body. Because he's like, I don't yeah. want to spend my whole life as a doll. Mm-hmm. And the dude says, oh, he's the dude's not going to help him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not uh, endorsing him at all. Yeah. He's like, you're just using this for evil. And uh, then Chucky pulls out a voodoo doll of him and is, like, torturing him to get him to tell him the answer. (laughs) And and he's like, you shouldn't tell people where you keep your voodoo doll of yourself. Yeah, he goes, you shouldn't tell your customers where you hide things like this. Gets you in trouble every time, which is just the lamest line ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh Anyway, so he's, like, breaking this dude's legs by, like, you know, crushing the doll and stuff, breaking his arm. And then the guy eventually tells him, you have to transfer yourself into the soul of the first person you revealed yourself to. Which would be Andy. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mommy and Humperdinck are, uh, they're kind of, like, chasing down clues at this point, too, and they end up at the shaman's house like as he's dying and Chucky's just left uh, yeah. and this dude as he's dying tells them you need to get to Chucky before he can say the chant over Andy uh, and that if you want to kill him you have to destroy the heart mm-hmm. anything else to add at uh, this point no. I feel like I'm talking a lot no yeah, no, I, I think it was, uh, I mean, like, throughout the movie, like, now, like, we're seeing Chucky a lot more in action and stuff, and it, I think the the scene at the shaman's house, uh, you see him moving around, and I, I feel like 
he, he they're they're making him look a lot more human as the film progresses and his face is like even like kind of developing uh so it's kind of cool to see uh how, how he's like kind of uh, progressing as a character yeah i didn't notice that and then i read it and retroactively realized it that yeah he looks more and more human as it goes yeah yeah de- definitely like uh chucky like halfway through this movie looks a lot different than the chucky you see in the beginning of the movie like which is like a just like pl- a plastic doll whereas like you get towards the end and his face has like more uh, creases on it or he just looks like more worn and more human yeah uh then we cut to a scene where Andy is being held in basically a full-on jail cell in like an insane asylum for kids. Oh my god, yeah, that was <laughs> what was that area? So nuts. <laughs> it was yeah. grim. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Chucky ends up breaking in and uh there's like a chase scene, Andy gets free, Chucky's chasing him, the doctor's chasing Andy. And Chucky ends up killing this doctor right before he's about to sedate Andy. Uh, mm-hmm. He kills him by but, like putting him in an electroshock therapy machine. Yeah, Which, that, in this insane fr- asylum for kids, there's an electroshock <laughs> therapy. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was pretty grim. Yeah, <laughs> what was going on there? Super depressing. Uh, yeah, I I thought it, it looked cool though when they elect- electrocuted that guy like. He kept like doing it, and then like it, there was like blood coming out of his eyes and nose and stuff. That, that was kind of that was an interesting visual. Yeah, yeah, and he was all like blackened and burned. Yeah, yeah, like toasted up. Um, so then Karen and Mike again are late on the scene. They've just missed Andy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And they learn they're like uh, he must have gone home, and then they go back to the apartment. And they find Chucky there about to complete the chant on Andy. And like the clouds and the lightning are forming again. And I can't remember exactly how this scene shakes out, but they shoot him a few times. There's a bit of a a scramble and a tussle. And then they finally get him into the fireplace and burn him. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool to see like Chucky behind the fireplace like in the grill. And like shaking his head and like screaming and like knocking on the grill. Yeah, like they're lighting like, the fire. There. Yeah, they're like holding the grill like in place as he's trying to get out. Yeah, uh, that was done pretty well. Yeah, that was a little person in a fire retardant suit. That what he, he was he's in he's oh really yeah yes oh that was, that was an actual person yeah so Chucky was part like puppetry and part um, like stunt doubles. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Chucky yeah, looked really it. good the whole movie. Yeah, right, right. I see. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's basically burned to a crisp. He, like, gets out of the fireplace, but he just, like, collapses. And they assume mm-hmm. he's dead and leave the room. Of course he's not dead. Uh, Andy comes back into the room and finds he's gone. And then there's, like, a drawn-out battle against Chucky, and he's, like, all burnt to a crisp and still coming at them, which is kind of intense. Yeah, and, he's like burnt up Chucky. Yeah. They're like shooting at him with his gun. They blow off his head, they blow off his arm, they blow off his leg, and he just keeps coming. Yeah. And and, and like th- th- there's a part in here which is like a big throwback to the, the Shining, right? Like where she's holding the door shut and Chucky's like trying to stab her through the door and you see that knife coming in and out of the door. Yeah, for sure. That was very Shining-esque, stabbing through yeah. the door. Um, yeah. Finally, they end up getting a heart shot on him, and he dies, and, like, all his body parts stop moving. 
they're like mm-hmm. scatter all about by this point and mm-hmm. then they're leaving the room and the last shot is a freeze frame on Andy like looking back at Chucky kind of like with doubt with doubt yeah that he's dead yeah yeah That's yeah it. I don't know I mean yeah you don't think uh, Andy got possessed at all because I mean like they got like 98% through the possession at the end uh, you don't you don't think I, I had a sneaky suspicion that like maybe Andy was getting uh, like Andy might be Chucky at this point you know I should have I have no idea what happens in the sequels but I'm pretty sure Chucky is still Chucky yeah which yeah which I, I wonder how because like the way they ended this one he like he like they killed him like three times basically um I, I don't know like yeah I'm, I'm curious like how he comes back again yeah it seems like there's no way he could still be alive yeah he's been burned he's been like shot through the heart he's been like stabbed a bunch of times uh he's he's been like dismembered I don't, I don't know what how you bring a guy like that back yeah well we'll just have to find find out watch the second one yeah <laughs> and then the following like four or five yeah uh so so what do you think man you know, I, I thought uh, for, for an 80s movie, like as you pointed out, like Ch- Chucky looks pretty good and like the, the effects like were, were pretty reasonable. And you know, one thing going into this movie, I'm like, you know, I, I know the plot, like it's a doll that comes to life, it's going to try to kill everyone. So I, was, I, was, I wasn't like too excited. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's going to be pretty predictable. But I thought actually the pacing was really good and they kept it interesting uh, throughout, uh, surprisingly. So, uh, you know, working with like a premise that everyone knew about, they still made it like pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it was like succinct, and the story made—I mean, it made sense, even though there's things where you're like, "That's unrealistic." But uh, oh, yeah. that's just like us picking apart an '80s movie. <laughs> well, like the explosions. Yeah. But uh, yeah, oh, the yeah. story was like straightforward. It definitely held my attention. Uh, this mm-hmm. was like the first plot in a while where I wasn't like nervous to explain it because it was so convoluted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps. My only thing was, like, maybe it would have been creepier if Chucky wasn't, like, talking and cursing and uh-huh. um, was a little bit more, like, mysterious. Like, if he had just, like, whispered to Andy the whole time and we never actually heard oh, him yeah. talk. Yeah, for sure. But that would totally change the movie, so I'm not really sure. It, that might have just made it just another creepy doll movie, but... Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, cause yeah, him, him talking, he like, he talks like the, the villain in the, in the beginning and it's like very like eighties criminal type, like really like crude and just like cussing all the time and, and like spitballing. And then that takes away like some of the, the fear from it. Right. The fear yeah. Factor. He's just like a typical like eighties wise guy villain. Yeah. Yeah. Like drug dealer or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, 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 that been a cool direction. Uh, if, if they had gotten that way, like, yeah, made, made him like a little more creepier, like giving him like a more interesting voice and personality. Yeah. Uh, I also thought, and, and I saw like that they considered this at some point, but in the beginning, um, like, you know, for, for the first like half hour, 40 minutes before, like he's a full on serial killer, uh, you know, they, and, and the police like have this question in mind, like, is it actually Andy? And like, and in the beginning you don't see like Chucky doing a lot of this stuff. Um, and I, I thought that would have been a cool thing if, like, throughout the whole movie, you never know 
whether it's Chucky or whether it's uh, the kid who's like actually uh, you know gotten kind of crazy or something. Yeah, well, I don't know if you saw this, but in the original script, the plan was to make the audience wonder for longer whether it was Chucky or Andy. Oh, interesting. Which yeah, that yeah, could have been cool. Yeah. It was meant to be more of a psychological movie at right. first, psychological horror. Yeah, that would that would that would have been pretty interesting. Yeah, it would have uh, been. I, I could, yeah. I could, I could see that like working today like if, if they did that maybe back then people would have been kind of pissed yeah uh, to, to lose something ambiguous like that but I don't know yeah who knows yeah uh, it, it, any like parts that you thought were like uh, you know pretty, pretty scary for the time or effective I think my favorite scene was when she first realizes he doesn't have batteries in yeah that was <laughs> Yeah, that, that was cool the way they like she comes to that realization like they, it wasn't like oh he suddenly started talking or she saw him it was like that batteries the batteries falling to the floor that was awesome yeah and I think part of the reason that's one of my favorites is because Chucky hasn't become like the crude yeah like talking <laughs> serial killer yet he was just a yeah a creepy doll yeah yeah that was that was done really well yeah how about you was it gonna... any specific scenes that were your fave. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought, uh, so, some of the attack scenes, like, they, they were intense. Like, I, I, th- I thought the card thing, anything with, like, knives and, like, you know, so, someone, like, coming at you trying to, I, you know, I think I'm scared of, like, needles and, and, and like, paper cuts and stuff like that. And so I, th- I think it really hit on that fear for me, like, it, the scenes where he was attacking, because the way he would fight was, like, little bites or, like, you know, like, slicing you with, like, a, a small knife. And that kind of got under my skin a bit, so any of those scenes where he was, like, uh, attacking either the doctor or the, uh, the, at the end with, like, you know, everyone in the apartment, I, those, those kind of got, got, in, got under my skin a bit. Have you ever seen the movie Suspiria? I haven't, no. That one might get under your skin, too. Oh, really? You have, you have a lot of paper cuts going on in that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should maybe do that one at some point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd be up for it. I feel like I've heard that name a few times. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, okay, man. Well, zero to five Zack the Sack dolls. What do you give this? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would give it, uh, I think, uh, uh, I'd give it a three and a half uh, Zack the Sack dolls. I, I, think, I think for the 80s, is is kind of a fun uh, addition to the slasher genre. And pretty much in line with, like, you know, uh, Halloween and, and Friday the 13th. But uh, w- well done for, for its time, and the effects are pretty good. What about you? Yeah, for sure. I think I give it a three. I liked it. It was solid. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, especially creepy to me because, as I mentioned, him talking and being like a wisecracking criminal. But it was it was a good movie. <laughs> I liked watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like it was a good movie. Maybe not like the scariest, but a fun watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, man. Well, anything else? No, this is a this is a good pick. I'm I'm glad we caught up on a classic. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm probably gonna. I, I feel like we should check out some of the sequels at some point. Yeah, we we should down the road. <laughs> yeah, someday. Uh, okay. Well, that's all for this episode, folks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion about Child's Play. And if you want to join the discussion, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter. You can check out our website, horrormovieclub.com, or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. And be sure to check Facebook and Twitter for next week's movie, in case you want to watch before the episode. 
And until next time, if you come across a Zack the Sack doll at a garage sale, uh, maybe you should take him home with you. Because freaky deekies <laughs> need love too. Freaky deekies <laughs> need love too. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs>